0: Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast which I'm recording and publishing just after Christmas. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Um, It's a really funny old time though isn't it? It's a it's a time um, where we probably should be looking back at the nice times that we had around food and what we shared and that lovely sort of experience if we're lucky enough to have you know, been with people over that time and had had that nice sharing experience. Whereas in fact, what happens a lot of the time, if we have an issue with food, if we are anxious about our weight, if we think we've overindulged and eaten what we shouldn't have eaten, that we actually are really quite anxious um, and we feel bad about ourselves because we... Are being judgmental around what we ate um, we're not able to let it go because we are probably like I was for years ingrained in quite a deep sort of diet culture diet thinking mentality that that has these rules and these diktats actually in our in our minds as to how we how we should be eating what we should be doing and how if we do Overindulge, then you know that makes us a bad person we eat bad food I'm doing the inverted commas thing with my fingers you can't see that you know we eat bad food and therefore isn't that terrible and all of that you know dieting stuff that I help people get rid of which is really you know damaging and horrible and of course the other thing that happens I think also is that because we may be on a cycle of restriction and overeating or binging is that when Christmas comes along we throw caution to the wind and we actually sometimes sounds a bit weird as I'm saying it but it is true we sometimes consciously allow that indulgence we consciously overeat at Christmas because we know or we think or we maybe it's inevitable probably is with many of us that in January we're going to go on a diet anyway. So we might as well make the most of all this food that we've got around us. And because, in, because that's familiar to us, actually, it's familiar territory to overeat and then to start a diet. You know, to wipe the slate clean, to have the, this feeling that January, for some reason, is a miracle month when everything's going to be better. And all our weight issues will be fixed and it'll be all okay, won't it? And I get that because I did that for years. The number of new notebooks I started in January, I haven't got enough digits to tell you how many of those there will have been because I did it for decades. So when I'm talking about it to you, I'm not, absolutely not judging in any way. What, In fact, what I'm saying is it happens. I get it and if we've been caught up in dieting for a long time it is absolutely normal it is absolutely explainable and it is absolutely not your fault and so as part of this podcast what I want to say to you is if any of that has happened I want to discourage you going on a diet or a detox when January comes around. I want to tell you that it is not the answer to your prayers. Any kind of restrictive diet, any kind of fad or crash diet, any kind of juice, shake, detox programme is not the answer to your problems. At all, but the marketing machine that is out there is incredibly powerful, and it will be using all the right words. So it will be saying things like, um, "You you eat when you're hungry," or it's a more intuitive way, or there's no counting, or um, there's no uh, restriction. But the fact of the matter is. That if you dig deep in most of them, they are formulaic and they're designed for a mass market. They're not designed for you as an individual. And very few of them will actually help you get to the bottom of why this thing happens around Christmas and other times of year. Because it's not addressing the behaviours it's putting a sticking plaster on the symptom and not addressing the cause essentially if you want you know more of an old-fashioned analogy around it, it's absolutely true and this thing about January being a miracle month it's partly caught up like that isn't it because of advertising but also because of the new year resolution thing and perhaps when you finish listening to this you might like to listen to a podcast interview one of my mindful Meet series that I did with Chris Mooney a couple of sessions back, and he talks a lot about New Year's resolutions and not starting them. In fact, you should break away from it. I should actually say, don't really plan to do anything different until January's got into the swing, so you're not susceptible to all of that New Year stuff where. You know, there's a sort of a sense that oh, well if I start something in January then it's bound to be more successful. No. No it isn't. It doesn't make any difference. In fact, the chances I's more likely to fail because you've got so much pressure on you. You know, we we think that we ought to do something different in January because everyone else is. So in fact, what happens is not only do we start a diet, but that diet is bigger and more extreme and more uncomfortable than we might Do otherwise at any other time of year and in other words you know the more extreme the process we think the more likely the success but we know deep down in all honesty that that is not the case we know it's not the case and if like me you are a cereal dieter you know that you lose it and then you put it back on And that is also not your fault. That is the fault of what diets do to your body. I did a little Instagram post a few days ago where I listed just a few things that happen when you go on a diet. You know, your body rebels basically, and your brain rebels because it's just too flipping difficult. And it's not good for either brain or body. So gone is the time when you need to beat yourself up about it. What we need is a sense of understanding about a what's happening around the eating, acceptance, forgiveness. We stop the blame, we stop the judgment, we go okay, okay, been on this merry-go-round for long enough, I'm not going to go on another diet. I'm going to fix this thing once and for all. And it is possible to do it because I did it after 40 years. Four zero. I started when I was 16 and it carried on throughout my life. Vary, varying periods of extreme and intensity but it was always there it was never a normal relationship with food but here I am at nearly 60 and that's what I now have so what I want to say to you is going on a diet going on something extreme to brush and push and wipe all that behavior away and out of your mind is not going to solve it for you what it needs is understanding, patience and the right techniques and tools and steps to enable you to do that. And that means an, impro- an approach that has nothing to do with restriction and everything to do with education, nutrition and brain training. Those, those three Things really um, so just put the brakes on just put the brakes on put the scales away whoa she's saying what what really don't I need to know what my starting point is no you don't because we're not going to focus on numerical goals there's a lot of research that's been done over the past few years that says that people are more likely To lose weight and keep it off if they do not focus on numerical goals. If they focus on behaviours instead. I don't know why I said behaviour like that. But anyway, behaviours. If they focus on behaviours and on nourishing your body with what it needs for you to function well physically and function well psychologically. In other words, what you do in your body allows your brain... To learn, to change, and to be calm. To be calm around food. I was speaking to a client today who's had a long history of disordered eating, and she said, I am calm. I am calm around food. And it was a wonderful moment. And you can get there as well. And if you compare that with going on an extreme diet, well, let's not even use the word extreme, going on any kind of diet that's restricting your calories and is cur- encouraging you to count and track and monitor and, and you know, say, come on, we can do it. There's nothing calm about that. There's nothing calm about that. It's quite, almost quite aggressive in a way. And yes, we get all that adrenaline going and there's all, this, all that enthusiasm. I understand that. And that's quite addictive but that doesn't last and once that falls away then we fall off the diet wagon and then we feel rubbish, yet another failure and then we probably compensate by eating because we've restricted because that's a direct result of restricting. So instead think about a new way, a different way to just fix this thing. It is fixable. Believe me, it is fixable. It doesn't take that long. Most of my clients, I work with them for about two or three months and then they fly and that's it. Um, So let's all take a very, very deep breath. (laughs) Let's all take a very deep breath and tell the dieting industry to just go away, that's my polite version, and have faith that you have inside of you the power to change how you eat, to change the relationship that you have with food, and to be in control of what that relationship is. And that way you have lasting calm and lasting normality around eating around your weight and how you feel not only about food but about how you feel about yourself as well. And with that I wish you a very happy new year. Lots of love.